Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. Hola, Mujerones. Welcome back to the Mujeron podcast and the Mujeron TV, the place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And today's topic is going to be specifically for those women who are thinking of going back to school. Uh, maybe you are pursuing higher education at the doctoral level, or maybe you are looking into maybe how can I just start school in general? If you're supporting someone that maybe is going into higher education as well, this can be also a good guide for you. I've always said listening to each other's stories is where we really get a lot of insight and we're able to grow. So today we have a mujeron. Her name is Alba Abigail Arana. She is the coordinator of administrative services of the College of Pharmacy at the University of Arizona. And she is also uh, someone that has gone through higher education and is also currently seeing how, you know, she's going to tell us all that stuff. Um, Alba, thank you so much for being here today with us and taking the time to talk to us about this topic that we truly want to continue pushing on our platform. Gracias. No, thank you uh, for this platform. Uh, Sonia, I am so excited to be here and, you know, just tell my story. Uh, I know that we can all learn so much just from uh, hearing other mujeres hablar, you know, sobre their, sobre their struggles and their stories. And I have, I'm surrounded by so many mujeres that are so strong and highly educated that we've all had such different journeys, especially in higher education, which in general is a system that wasn't created for us, you know, like Like if we go back to history, the higher education system was created for white, rich men in the church. So that in itself has us at a very high disadvantage. So I'm really happy to be here and talk to you. Yes, and it's extremely motivating to see women like yourself who are continuing higher education. And I think I like to say, I might be a little bit biased, but I like to say that women who are daughters of immigrants pursuing higher education is a completely different experience for us, especially if we're first generation. And I know you had a little bit of that experience as well. I read your story, how your mom was there for you. She was full support for you. And that is truly something that I can resonate with. I also wanted to mention if you have already pursued higher education, this episode, you will also resonate with a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about. But Alba, I want to go ahead and let you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey in higher education. Sure. So I, I've always been very uh, active in, in school. You know, I've always been, you know, good grades and, and just 
just a good student overall, but I never really thought about the, the idea of going to college, you know, like my mom immigrated to the US when she was 16. She was pregnant of me and she was like, I'm going to go so that you can have like a really good future and you have all these opportunities that I didn't have growing up as a teenager. Um, and so I knew that, you know, like her American dream was like of me having like good education and having good opportunities. But I didn't know what that meant until, you know, senior year in high school when all of my classmates were like, I got into UCLA, I'm, I got into USC. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? You know, like, what do you mean you're going to college? Like, that was a whole foreign concept for me, you know, um, even though I was surrounded by so many smart students and, and you know, who had AP courses and, and straight A's and we had a college counselor, college wasn't like that image, you know, that was like the step-by-step, -step, right? Like you didn't know exactly what that looked like. And so I remember one of my close friends, she was like, look, like here's a college application. I'm not gonna apply there because it's an all women primarily college, primarily women college, and it's Catholic. Who wants to go to a Catholic primarily women, you know, school for college? So she like gave me the paper application that she had picked up at a, um, at a college fair. And I went old school, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to send out my personal statement, I'm going to send out my resume, and my letters of recommendation, and I sent it out, you know, like, um, and I waited, and I waited. And at this point, I was like, Oh, my God, I guess I'm just gonna end up going to community college, which at this at this nowadays, like, it's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, but back then, when I was in high school, they were like, Oh, how are you gonna go to community college, you know, when all of your other friends are going to like Harvard and UC Berkeley and all these other schools. And so like I graduated and at that point I still didn't know where I was going to go to college. I received my acceptance um, to Mount St. Mary's when I was, um, it was about, you know, June, July. And then I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to college, you know, and like I shared, you know, the news with my mom and she was like, oh my God, I'm also going to see that, you know, like, but we were both like clueless, you know, like we're like, yes, you know, my girl, my daughter's going to college, but we had no idea what that meant. And then I remember like two days before orientation, um, I was watching, like re-watching this video that they send you with the congratulations and, and all these other like students talking in the background saying like, oh, you know, I'm so excited to make this choice. I'm so excited that I paid like my hundred dollar like deposit to say that I'm gonna go here. And then I was like, pause. You said, ¿cuántos cien dólares? And so like, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, like, where am I going to get a hundred dollars from? I had no idea that like you had to pay to like secure your spot to go to university. And so like uh, my mom got home that day and I was like, mommy, like, tenemos que pagar, you know, so that I can actually like go to school. And she was like, well, how much is it? And she said, and I told her, oh, it's a hundred dollars. And she was like, my mom has always been like, nothing stops her. She's just like, todo tiene solución. Like we live in the US, this country has so many opportunities. It's not like back in my country where like you had to sell a cow and a chicken and all these things in order to like come up with the money. Siempre hay algo que hacer. So like, she's like, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. The next time that orientation day comes and we're there, we are getting all the information. And just later on, I found out that she had just pawned like the only ring that she had, like her jewelry, her only piece of jewelry that she had, she had a pawn that so that I could go to school. And I was like, if my mom did that for me, like I just, there's no way I can let her down now. 
And it was a struggle from there because the whole process itself, you know, being a freshman, financial aid, figuring out balancing school and family as well, because that comes with different struggles, right? Like my mom was a single mom. So like, I couldn't really work. I was taking care of the house. I was taking care of my brothers. I have, I have three brothers um, younger than me. And so like, I was making sure that they were fed, that I picked them up from school after I was done with college, um, with classes. And so like, she couldn't really help me on the financial part. And it was hard for her to understand how to help me on the support side, you know, in college. Um, and so sometimes there were those conversations of like, no vas a ir al cumpleaños de tu abuelita. And I'm like, no, like I have to study, you know, I have to spend the whole day studying. Like, what do you mean I can't go? And they're like, oh, you're going to miss, you know, like, ¿cómo vas a creer que no vas a ir? You know, <laughs> tu abuelita. And so like, even having those conversations with her was hard and navigating all those conversations with everybody else and, and your professors, them not understanding that you can't be part of like a study group at a certain time because you have to pick up your brothers. There's no daycare. There's nobody else who can pick up and, and feed them. And just, you know, all those other responsibilities that come with being the only girl and like the oldest and being part of a Latina community, you know, where a lot of the same gender roles are placed on you. And so that meant the caretaker. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that moment where you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to get there? I haven't even prepared for this. And there's so many different things and you can't really go to your mom, right? And, and mm -hmm. say, hey, can you help me through this process? I have to apply for this, this and that. And I think overall, that mentality of our immigrant parents, everything has a solution. And just how them being in this country is such a huge opportunity that, hey, like you're going to figure it out. It's okay. You're in a way better place that we were. And I think that mentality has really helped us push, right, and figure it out. What would be one of the things that you recommend or would give advice to women who are thinking about pursuing higher education? Like, what would be that first step? No matter at what level, uh, what advice would you give them? I think that uh, the first advice I would give them would be to uh, reach out to someone who might be doing the career that they're interested in, you know, like whether you're young who are just got accepted and or are thinking about applying and you're like, I want to be an engineer. I want to be, you know, this because when you're young, like all these different um, things come to you're, you're having to go through all these different decision making, you know, like. Uh, do I want to work while I'm in school? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? You know, and so like school will become a huge part of your everyday uh, uh, responsibilities and all, as well as financial responsibility, you know, like you want to be sure that like what you're getting yourself into and the amount of time that you're going to be putting into uh, homework, study and um what you're going to be paying for, you know, it's something that you really want to do. So like, I would say that before you jump into applying to a program that you're talking to someone that's in the field that you're interested in, you know, reaching out to if, if your daughter would say wants to be a doctor, then like when you go for your physical, like spend an extra two or three minutes saying like, Hey, look, like I want to be a doctor. What do you recommend? Like just those little conversations can spark a huge, you know, um, 
just something that you didn't know. Um, and if you're kind of like around our age, you know, we're already a bachelor's degree or like you're looking to seek a graduate program, um, talk to someone that's in the field that you're interested in, look for mentors, um, look for people who have already gone through the system. Uh, they will definitely guide you on like, what are some of the best ways to apply? What are some of the base? What are some of the financial opportunities that are out there that you don't have to like always seek for a loan? Like specifically in my case, like, you know, after I graduated college with my bachelor's degree, I really wanted to be a school social worker. And I wanted to be able to support students who were going through all you know, who were from the hood, you know, kind of like me where I grew up and um, being able to seek higher education and have those opportunities. And it just didn't happen for me. I was just like, what's going on? And so like, I met this, I met this lady that was being, she was a social worker and she was pretty much where I wanted to be, right? Like, and at that time I was working in higher education. I was working in housing. And so she was the parent of another one of my students who we were, we were just having a chat. And she was like, oh, like, why don't you do Peace Corps? You know, like I did Peace Corps. I, I went and served for 27 months. Um, and when I came back, I came back with all these great benefits, including a fellowship and some other scholarships and all these different things. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds great. And so I did it. I went to work abroad for 27 months. And then when I came back, um, I discovered again that like my passion was no longer working in high school, but it was working in higher education because I could relate so much more to a lot of the students who were going through all these things that I had gone back then. And so um, Peace Corps gave me the opportunity to not only realize like what I really wanted to do so that I didn't go and spend money or spend my time, you know, pursuing something that I didn't want to do, I was able to uh, find mentors um, and I was able to find friends who were like, hey, you know, like I got my master's in higher education from ASU. And if you work for ASU, even if it's part time, you get a tuition waiver. And so like, that's what I did. I'd apply to ASU. I work for them. Uh, part-time and then I was able to get a graduate it's kind of like a graduate assistantship but it's also like you know uh, employee benefit and so something that people don't know is that like if you live in Arizona whether you work for um, like if you like for me who I work at the U of A now if I wanted to pursue a degree at ASU my waiver from here would still count at ASU and and it will count at NAU and it, you know so like things like that that you would never think about but it's you know, just seek out to mentorship and people who are in the same field that you're interested in. And then I think that would be like the first step uh, and just ask questions, ask questions um, and, and seek tips and research, you know, like we have so much information at the tip of our hands now, pick up the phone, don't be scared to pick up the phone. There's probably going to be somebody like me on in uh, the other side of the phone. And if you ask any questions, I'll probably be like, yes, you know, go on this website, make sure you click on here, make sure you can find it here. Uh, what are you looking for, you know, and just like write down any questions that you may have and don't leave without having your questions answered. That's what we're there for, like higher education professionals, that's what we're there for, for students and for incoming people who want to pursue higher education. And my last step is like, find what works for you. Higher education programs are all so different. Like, do you, are you a working mom? If you're a working mom, maybe an afternoon program is best for you so that like you can work during the day, take a two hour night class and then go home. Does a part-time program work for you instead? Then there are those opportunities to do a part-time program as well. For me, for example, my program was, it was 
part-time online and then part-time in person. And I was working during the day and then from like 6 to 9 p.m. I was in class. So, and then on the weekends I was working a second job. And so that was like, that worked for me. And everybody's journey is different. You don't have to compare your journey to anybody else. I think that would be like my, my last tip on that one for sure. Yes, absolutely. I think mentorship, sometimes we don't give it the credit it really deserves. I like that you mentioned you can start with maybe the guidance or the counselors, the advisors right at your university, but you can also seek communities like Mujeron Movement. Now we know Alba, she's going to give us all the details on higher education, reaching out to her. I think that's like the power of social media nowadays is specifically finding communities that can help you seek mentorships with people who are doing it, are already doing it. And I think ultimately it's to really, like you mentioned, find what works for you. Maybe you thought higher education was a thing and maybe it's not and that's okay, right? But I think that being able to find people, key people that will help you figure it out is going to save so much time. Another question I wanted to ask you, and it kind of goes along with this, but what is something you know, you know now that you wish you knew when you first started your education journey? I would say one of the things that I wish I would have known was that how important it was for me to do my own journey, you know, to not compare myself to others, uh, to not get caught up with the idea of like, oh, my friend is going to like Harvard. Oh, my friend is like pursuing this degree. Um, Because we don't realize financially how that's going to affect us in the future, you know, like once we started I don't get me wrong, like my undergraduate experience was amazing. Like I had so many female strong women mentors, but financially it wasn't the best call, especially like living in California where like there's so many different schools and so many great public schools. I could have definitely been able to have gone that route and been in a much better position financially now with student loans, you know, and just like stuff like that. And so like, I was just say like, Something that I wish I would have known is just like how important it was to really do more research. And obviously a lot of it comes from being a first gen student, you know, like there's so many things you don't know. You just go with the flow, you go with whatever else everybody else tells you. Um, But I would say just like knowing that like people are there to support you, to guide you to really advocate for yourself and say like, no, like this is what I need. And, and, and just being very open about your needs as well is just like so important. And so like, I would say that like, if I, if I would go back and like talk to myself, you know, at that time to be like, no girl, like we can't afford this school. Vamos a buscar otro lugar, you know, <laughs> like especially in LA, like there's so many community colleges that are great uh, resources. There's so many like vocational programs, you know, that are great. A lot of community colleges now in California, for example, are free. So there's just, I am currently helping my little brother who's going to go to college. He's going to start college in the fall. And I'm like, dude, like the best choice for you is, you know, community college because you want to be in med school, right? So like 
med school is going to cost you a lot of money. And like your first two years of college are going to be the same everywhere, whether you go to community college or you go to four years, they're going to be the same everywhere. And so like, do you want to get, you know, you start asking yourself, do you want to get a job? Do you want to have a, a car? Like, you know, and just like things like that, that you should be asking yourself that I should have been asking myself when I was younger, you know, but again, uh, just learning to also kind of forgive myself for all those things is also been part of this process in higher education, because you learn so much, you know, I've been in higher education for so long, that you just keep learning. And so you're just like, Oh, you know, like, I wish I would have known that too. But I would say definitely going back to just like having your own journey, doing your research and like, don't get it caught up by, by other people's journeys. Just stick to what's good for you and what's going to work for you. Yes. Oof. Comparison, man. It has taken us places, right? And I think that's such a thing in the Latino community, specifically with our cousins and our tias. Like- yes. I think sometimes it's we're super cool with our cousins and it's like the moms that are like you know yes. a little bit competitive so definitely I think that's huge comparison I think especially now with social media comparison has been such a thing that comes up for so many of us and seeing the accomplishments of other people right but I think at the end of the day we need to be smart and do what's best for us like you said financially especially because pursuing higher education is so expensive I want to kind of segue into that what have you found that are ways to fund your higher education career so if you're if you're starting young you know let's say you're a mom that is out there supporting their their daughter or son um and if they're juniors or sophomores i would say like have start having those conversations early uh if your son or daughter says hey mom like i want to go to college and so like tell them like okay well then how are we gonna afford it how are we going to pay for it like are you planning on getting a part-time job you know um and just getting those realistic numbers you know because i think like sometimes like what happens is like a dream is up here, but we don't really break it down to like what's gonna look like realistically on a day by day, right? And so like, that's how we, like what had happened to me, right? I was watching that video and it was like, oh damn, a hundred dollars, you know? It's like one day before orientation, I didn't even know that was a thing. So like, you know, if you're talking to a young person now, just like start having those conversations, like are we gonna apply to scholarships? Are you gonna get a part-time job? Um, you know, like, are you going to get a job while you're in college? Because and be like, well, you know, student loans are not an option. This is your only job. Your only job is to apply to scholarships and just like those things like that. And but if you're and if you're in one of like our position older, where you have a job, you know, like kind of in our age range, I would say like, again, start researching what those programs are going to cost you. Start researching, giving yourself a realistic timeline and say like, okay, well, I'm going to probably start saving. Like if this is something that I really want to do in the long run, if this is something that I want to do in the next year or two years and like figure out how you can start saving for that. Look at graduate assistantships as well. Um, I know that there are employers as well who have tuition opportunities for their employee for their employees. You know, like if you work for a university, 
whatever at whatever level that may look like, whether you're a custodian, whether whatever may be administrative, like you are still have a right to see if they have any sort of tuition um, opportunities. I know like if you work for the state, like if you work for the state of Arizona and you work for the state of California or any other states, like they also have tuition opportunities. Sometimes you just don't know. You can literally just ask um, your HR person and be like, hey, like do you guys like reimburse someone, you know, for like if they take classes or courses or do you guys pay for someone? Like I know some of my friends have gotten their like master's degrees in, in business administration, for example, paid for because they've been working for the organization so long that, you know, they're like, hey, you know what? Like I want to stay here long term. Is this something you guys would do? It never hurts to ask. Entonces, uh, you can also, uh, that's another opportunity. There's fellowships. So uh, let's say like if you're really good at something, like if you're really good with research, for example, like if there is a, a specific area that like you really want to do research on and there's not much information on it, then like you can very easily bring it to somebody and like uh, get funding for it. And then from there, you, you can get some courses funded. There's AmeriCorps, there's City Year, there's like, these are all like government programs. And then there's like, you know, Peace Corps, which is kind of like what I did that I can speak on. And Peace Corps has fellowship programs and, you know, Coverdell Fellowship, which covers a lot of different areas. You can get like a full, full scholarship program for, I don't know, a lot of different other things that I can't even think about right now. Social work, education, um, uh, foreign affairs, like stuff like that. And so those are some ways, uh, yeah, grant opportunities, scholarships, you can talk to nonprofits, there's some nonprofits who fund students, uh, who, who fund mothers, you know, I know I have a very close friend who she got her master's degree and, you know, she was a full-time mom and, and her university was a new program. They were a brand new program. And so like when they're trying to get new students in and then they're like, hey, I can't afford it. What are you going to do? Like, I think sometimes we forget that like we are the client, we are, you know, the client, like okay. the, the university has to serve us. And so like we are the we are there to represent those universities in the long run. So like if they, they want us, you know, like we are the catch. So like reach out to them and say like, hey, like I really want to go to your school, but I can't afford it. What you got? You know, dímelo, vamos a ver. You know, and so like um, just those are some some tips that I that I can think of and just research other financial aid opportunities with your with the institution. Yeah, and I think there's so many things out there. Uh, one of the things that I did, my parents have their own business. So luckily, I was fortunate enough to get my education paid through their business. And that was a huge tax break for them as well. So I think sometimes we forget business owners, maybe if you have a close friend, a close relative that maybe owns a business asking for help, especially those people that really, really support you asking for help and letting them know like, hey, there's a big tax break for you as well, an opportunity for you to get that incentive wouldn't it be cool if like the way that we get padrinos to have like quinceañeras and bodas yes <laughs> oh my god I thought about that too it's like um can you be the madrina to my laptop please like can you be the madrina to my definitely start a new trend like because if I just think back on all the money that, you know, my parents spent on my quinceanera and that I spent on my wedding, yeah, you know, that could have been like two degrees for sure. Yes, I know. 
That's def- we should definitely make that a thing. Yes, but I think sometimes we forget that people might be supporting and it's kind of like they say, if you don't ask, you're not going to get the help. Um, there's another option as well that Alva did and she took the initiative. She started her own side hustle. And I think that's just such a mujeron boss move for you to do, like still on top of all of the things you do, start a side hustle to help you support through your education journey. Can you tell us more about your side hustle? Yes. So um, my, it was all inspired by my mom. You know, she's the real mujeron boss lady around in my life. So she was like, you know, my mom is a housekeeper. She's been working as a housekeeper for years. And she's been working with so many, you know, high profile people, some really fancy, like people who live in like Malibu, California. So they're like super like attention to detail kind of people. And so I would always go to work with her. It's like I grew up like watching her work. And so she was she mentioned it one day. She's like, you've been watching me work for so many years. Like, why don't you start a home organizing, house cleaning business, you can definitely just start small, set up a budget. And I was like, no, like, I can't do that. You know, like, that's like a whole business. And she was like, come on, just like give it a try. And so I did like I when I came back from Peace Corps, I had a readjustment allowance. And so that, you know, they give you like a big chunk of money uh, so that you can settle down, you know, and stuff like that. So I had a little bit, a couple of hundred dollars. And I was like, I'm going to set up about $200 uh, aside to pay for a couple leads, you know, uh, maybe get a couple business cards and uh, get some supplies. And, and I've been doing this for three years now. And it, it has turned into one of my favorite side hustles, because it's just completely different to what I do on my daily basis in the office, you know, I get to be on the move, I get to be driving around, especially like when I just moved to Arizona, that I didn't know anybody, I didn't know any areas, it was great, because I was meeting with so many different clients, and all around the valley, you know, and going from one place to the other. And so like, I started pretty much a home organizing, packing and cleaning business. So uh, I go into people's homes and I organize pantries. I organize closets, garages. Some of my clients hire me for like a whole thing, like a whole process. So like, let's say they're moving. Uh, they'll hire me so that we could do a decluttering session first. And then after the decluttering, then comes the packing. And so then I help them pack everything. Once they're moved into their new house, then they call me back so that I can like help them organize everything back into their spaces. And then I come back for like maintenance. And, and it just, it just turned into this like huge thing that I just like, I love so much. It's just so different. It's therapeutic for me. It's therapeutic for my clients. I work with so many busy moms who are like, I'm kind of embarrassed to hire someone, but I need the help. And they themselves are amazing boss mujerones, you know, like I have a client, she started her own like medical billing business, you know, and, but she just like, I have no time for my house. And I was like, well, I am here to help. Um, and a lot of my clients, I've been working with them for almost three years now. And, and we just do so many different projects around the house. And you would be surprised how much work my job has increased since COVID because people are spending so much time at home that they're like, I finally have time to tackle that closet. I finally have time to like get rid of all this stuff. And so 
because they've been like, when do you have time? You know, like some of my clients will wait like a month for me to like get some space for them to, um, so that I can come to their house and, and, and do whatever project they, they have in mind. And so I, I don't, I, it just kind of happened. You know, I just went for it. I did it and, and I love it. It's been a great, yeah. That's a special skill for sure. <laughs> if I show you the background, right? <laughs> I probably need you. Um, but I think that that's the beauty of Latinas as well. We're just multi-passionate and I love seeing women just conquering it all. There you guys have it. If you need any organizing services, Alba is here to help us as well. Alba, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing all of those really, really good advice and just having the support, you know, and having you as a mentor for our women who are thinking about going back to school or are thinking of starting school. I think no matter where we are in our journey, we're all in this together. and We all just want to achieve our goals and live a happy, fulfilled life. And I just thank you for reaching out and being able to share your knowledge. We really appreciate you. Of course, Nellie, and thank you so much. Um, it's always been such a pleasure for me to just connect with other Latinas and other mujeres like me because we are just so poderosas, you know? Like I sometimes think that we forget about how powerful we all are together and especially in this field of higher education where like, again, the space wasn't created for us. It's like one of those spaces where we mostly have to stick together and and let other mujeres know that like if you see you know a dean who is a latina reach out to her talk to her like my grandpa she's a latina as well and you know we just connect so well and so like this space needs more of us whether it's you just going for your degree whether it's you coming in to be a professor or it's you becoming a researcher at the university or you connecting with the student as an advisor as a coordinator, whatever it may be, like in the space, like there's space for you and we need mujerones like you in our spaces, especially here. So like, no te asustes a seguirle dando. Yes, así es. Thank you so much, Alba. Thank you so much, ladies, for tuning in. I hope that this resonated with you guys and we will bring a lot more mujeron stories next week and more weeks to come. Gracias. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episodio of the Mujeron podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Keep shining, keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams.